Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bible study again. It's great to be with you this morning. It's a chilly morning here in Virginia. I'm down to 37 degrees. Boy, it's kind of chilly here. But I'm looking forward to learning something about the Lord's ways this morning, thinking about his power and joy. And we're going to probably wrap up the study of Philippians today by reading this little end to the to the text and then look back over Philippians together. So let's let's um let's begin with a word of, of prayer. Join me if you would if you will. Thank you for this day you set before us, Lord Jesus, for enabling us to be able to begin the day with you. For you are our light and our guide and our reason for living. If anyone can hear me this morning that is sick or distressed or discouraged, then be lifted up, knowing that God is on your side and God in Jesus is with you. We invoke your presence, Lord to guide us in what we say and how we study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen this morning. We're going to start at verse 15 of chapter 4 of Philippians. So you, you might want to turn there now. That's the very last chapter, chapter 4, reading at verse 15. <clears throat> Hear the word of the Lord. As you well know, when I first brought the gospel to you, and then went on my way, leaving Macedonia, only you Philippians became my partners in giving and receiving. No other church did this. Even when I was over in Thessalonica, you sent help twice. But though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me happiest is the well-earned reward you will have because of your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need, more than I need. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me when Aphrodite came. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that pleases God well. And it is he who will supply all your needs from his riches and glory. Because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. Now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul. P.S. Say hello for me to all the Christians there. The brothers with me send their greetings to you. 
and all the other Christians here want to be remembered to you, especially those who work in Caesar's palace. The blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon your spirits. And there ends the reading for this morning. The Apostle concludes uniquely, expressing his love, tenderly saying farewell to a supportive community who has loved him and supplied his needs. What I'm going to do now, having read this text, we're going to turn to an interpretation of some of the things in it that we might grow a little bit in that. This is largely a thanksgiving. It's a thankful, almost prayerful sort of a farewell. No church, he says in verse 15, gave me anything, communicated with me as concerning giving or receiving, except you, Philippi. It is an anointing that Philippi places upon Paul that causes him to reflect on them and remember what they have done for him. Now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church, but ye only. And very well may be that Philippi was the place where Paul began to receive, honestly receive, from what we might call parishioners, monetary and prayer, well, monetary support. May very well be that. And that this initiates him into a deeper ministry in that part of the world. Reflecting on that. Because you remember he says here that it's not the amount of the gift that's important. It's the fact that they trust him. And are investing in him. And then thereby becoming a part of what it is that he's doing. In 16, verse 16 for even in Thessalonica you sent at least twice to my necessity. Now, Thessalonica is not Philippi. Thessalonica is a, a much more prosperous uh, area. Uh, even in, in even in today, I mean, it's on the seacoast there. It's a beautiful town. Uh, I flew over it one time, looked out of the window of the aircraft at 30,000 feet. And, and saw Thessalonica down there and the and blue sea caressing its shores. And I could tell it was a magnificent place. But here is where Paul, when he was there, received gifts from Philippi. It, it's hard to imagine how that must have affected him. And those who saw that happen, beginning of a, of a working ministry. You remember Paul was a tent maker. He establishes that in in the Bible. I, I'm I don't want your money. I mean, it's, he had something to do. He was he was a busy uh, worker in the business of making tents. 
So that is to say, uh, he felt secure. He probably raised money on his own to make his adventurous journeys and all around everywhere. So it needs to be remembered that this is a sign not of him losing his independence, but of his gaining statue among the people of that part of the world. So much so that they supported him with their financial efforts. See, and Paul realizes that and it, it, it stiffens his back and makes him taller in the eyes of, of, of those around him. And he senses perhaps, perhaps that he is really special and he isn't forgotten even though he is in jail. And he remembers their, their, their kindness. He talks about their kindness. He associates giving with kindness. And, you know, it's been said it's better to be kind than it is to be right. And that's absolutely true. If you ever get in an argument with somebody, forget about being right or wrong. Think in terms of how you can be kind and 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 and, and bring the argument to a gentle conclusion without necessarily you being right. Uh, Paul. Paul is now beginning to be washed in the, the knowledge that kindness is, is perhaps, perhaps the root of the gospel. That he's, he's, as he establishes the virtues of the Christian life and tells them about what he thinks they are, they are blessing him with kindness. And he is receiving from them the Christian virtue of kindness. It's a beautiful thing. Not because I desire a gift, he says in verse 17, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. See, he knows now that their giving is a sign of their growth. He knows it, and he he basks in it, delights in it. In verse uh, 18, but I have all and abound, he says, you know, I, I am full. I, ha- I have received of Aphroditus the things which were sent from you. Uh, uh, and it is an odor sweet in the, in the nostrils of, of God. It's a sacrifice acceptable and up-pleasing up to God. See, every time, the interesting thing is, when you give gifts and get in the habit of, of blessing people with gifts, this pleases God. God God's not interested in how much money we give him. He got all the money in the world. He doesn't need that. What he needs and loves to see is us when we give. Because that just, oh, that smells so good to him. See, that's like a, a sacrifice going up to him. It's our actions that please him. Amazing, amazing thing. It's a perfume to God. Sweet smelling perfume to God. In verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches by Christ Jesus. He, he, we have, we sing this thing in a little ditty. Goes, I know that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. As I know, God is my provider. Jehovah Jireh song. Uh, now unto God and our Father, verse 20, be glory forever. Amen. He says, you know, God is, amen, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean it's over. Amen sometimes means truthful. It's true. Amen. Amen. You, 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 
That's what that, that's kind of what that amen is right there. Amen. God is our father. Amen. He, he, his desire for the Philippians and indeed for all, all of the people there is that they receive a notion of God as if God is their father. And now this is hard in some places because some people got some, some rough fathers. I mean, they don't have any experience of a good father to, to, to show anybody, to tell anybody. But those of us that do have the experience of a good father know that, it, that if you, if you take God and, and anthropomorphize him is what the technical word is. If you make God into a human, God is going to be a father type figure. That is, take, that is, if it's a good father, he's going to be caring for you, loving you, watching over you, taking care of you. And it creates in us a relationship with him in which we are like his child. We are a child of, of that particular uh, father or parent, so to speak. Uh, have a Jewish fellow that I knew had a, he would go to the, go to the market, go to the grocery store and take his little boy with him. And his little boy would run around behind the grocery cart, calling to his father among the groceries and he'd say, Abba, 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 Abba. <laughs> Abba, Abba, of course, is, is a word, Hebrew word for, for father. And to hear that little boy calling his daddy, Abba, 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 reminded me that that's the relationship we're supposed to have with God. This is what Paul has. God has his father. And then he, he, he tacks on to the end of it, or we think he does. He tacks on that salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren with me greet you. See, this farewell is picking up speed now. All the saints salute you, chiefly those in Caesar's household. So we we look at this and we say, well, who, who was that? Well, we don't know. But we know that they were probably servants. We know they were probably people that were employed there in some way. And they were special. They were kind of underground in that household. And they needed a special prayer. They needed a special word. And he puts it in here for them. And then the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all in verse 23. Amen. Again, and then, uh, to the Philippians written from Rome by Ephroditus. So he, Ephroditus was the one who did the, did the writing. Paul did the speaking. And then was written from Rome by Ephroditus. And that ends the letter there to Philippians. Comes to a, comes to a close right there. And we begin having had the opportunity now to read the text and do some interpretation on it, some interpretation on it this morning. We want to look at some of the, uh, some of the findings or some people call them findings. You could think of it in terms of uh, lessons that we could gather. Different people get different lessons from, from these things. But um, I, one of the lessons that I want you to remember about Philippians is it is a, a worship document. We use it a lot in church. And it slips by us the way we use it. But one of the ways we use it is in <clears throat> our singing, in our hymnal. Now, this happens to be a Methodist hymnal. But in the Methodist hymnal, there are nine hymns written Based on the scriptures that are found in this little letter, 
beautiful, like, like rejoice ye pure in heart. Well, that's, of course, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice ye pure in heart, give thanks and sing your glorious banner, wave on high, the cross of Christ your King. It goes, rejoice, rejoice, give thanks and sing. Your clear hosannas raise, alleluia's loud, wealth answering echoes, upward float, like wreaths of incense cloud. Yes, on through life's long path, yet chanting as we go, from youth to age, by night and day, in gladness and in woe. At last the march shall end, the wearied ones shall rest, the pilgrims find their heavenly home. Jerusalem, the blessed. Praise God who reigns on high, the Lord whom we adore, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, one God forevermore. Rejoice, rejoice, give thanks and sing. Well, that's just one hymn. That's just one. There's a bunch of them in there. But anyway, it's important to recall that we have used this as a, a worship tool. We look at it and we say, well, Wonderful. Let's use it to worship. That's one of the things I wanted to just sort of acquaint you with this morning. Another thing Paul does is he uh, he seems to be uh, doing two things at once here. He's going forward. You can tell that he's not ended yet. He's going forward. And he's growing forward. He's, in other words, what he has come to now is a place of growth. He's grown. He's begun to define what he wants people to do, how he senses their gifts, and you can see the completion of a person. He's not just growing, not not just going somewhere, but now he's he's not just a missionary on a journey no more. He's a missionary who is teaching and teaching and he's depositing growth where he is. And that, that's that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. It's one thing to go somewhere and just you know, be a blessing to somebody, but it's another thing to to create in them spiritual growth and monitor that spiritual growth and see it. Uh, now, having said that, another lesson in Philippians, I think, tells us about uh, the word contentment. The apostle talks a lot about contentment. He go, moves around it and talks it out <coughs> as to what he thinks contentment is. Uh, he, he sort of encourages these people not to compare themselves to others. Don't know if you pick up on that, but he doesn't want them comparing themselves to the Thessalonica, uh, to the Thessalonians, and and they could easily do that, see, and try to outgive one another or something. N- never compare yourself to others, no matter how how how, how poor you are. And how bad you feel about it. Don't compare yourself to your neighbor who might have something better than you. Don't, another thing too that is in here is don't complain. Don't complain. Paul had a lot to complain about. I mean, that man could have complained all day long and just, but that does not. Not a word of complaint, you know. No, no, no complaint. And it begs the question to us. What is your situation? Is your situation such that all anybody ever hears about is bad news? Or are you going on for Jesus? 
Are you going home for Jesus? Oh, Jesus wants to you to understand that your obstacles, when they come your way, are your opportunity. That's all. It's an opportunity. Don't want that to sound trite, because some a lot of people have real serious problems. I'm, I know that, but to complain about them is 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 all the time is is not what I think Paul would have us do. Based on his own behavior, we can pattern that and and look at that. Now, here's another thing that comes out for me. I don't know if it will you, but Paul is 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 what you could call a, a jailbird. He he's a, he's a, a incarcerated prisoner. He's he's in lockdown. He is not. Uh, I, I say this to you. Because we have a lot of people incarcerated in our society. And you may say, well, they deserve what they get. Well, maybe they do. But there's a whole world of people incarcerated in our country and in our world. And I feel feel for them. I really do. I think one of the biggest fears I ever had would be somebody putting me in jail and throw away the key. I, I, that just bothers me. And I want you to understand that some of you out there may have somebody you love in a jail somewhere. That's all right. A lot of people do. Good people, honest people, have people that they love that are in jail somewhere. Now, think they're in good company because they are. God is with them in there. God is with them in there. I know I went one time to a place called Lawrenceville, Virginia, to visit a man, a boy, who, who was in jail there. And, 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 I finally got in to see him. Took a long time. Went through all kinds of security. And they put me in a room and, and brought this young man in. And he opened the door and, and the police officer, uh, sent the young man into the room to sit down at a table with, with me. And I, I told him, I said, you know, I'm your mother's pastor. He said, you are? He said, you're my mother's pastor? What are you doing? I said, well, she wanted me to come see you. And I was not too far away today, so I came to see you. How are you doing? And he said, well, I'm doing good right now because I got this Bible study I'm working on. And I said, you got a Bible? How did you get a Bible study in here? He said, well, there's a man that comes in here real regular and brings us a Bible study. And I said, well, who is he with? He said, oh, he works for a fellow over there in Lynchburg, Virginia. His name is Jerry Falwell. Now, you all may not remember Jerry Falwell, but Jerry Falwell was a leader in the old evangelical uh, Baptist movement. And not everybody liked Jerry Falwell. But, but, but I thought that day, whether you like him or not, he's got a long reach to reach all the way down to Lawrenceville, Virginia, and inside that jail. And bless that young man. He, I could not get that smile off his face as he told me about Jesus. How wonderful he is. He said, go back and tell my mama that I'm doing fine in here. And I did. I did. Went back and told her that he was just, just doing fine. Well, not a lot of men there were doing fine. I can tell you right now. But incarceration is a, a relative to Christianity, they're close. Don't forget that. Sometimes we get too uppity and get on our high horse 
about how moral we are and how wonderful we are and how how stringently we are always right, you know, and never kind, beat you over the head with goodness, and at the same time, miss the whole point. Jesus loves the prisoner. He come, one of the last things he's going to do is set the prisoner free, the Bible says. And I don't you think that, that the Lord might have thought about that? Of all the things he's coming back here to do, well, of one of them is what? He's going to set the prisoner free. My God, well, always be ready to learn that when you read Paul's letters. That's one of the many things about him that is worth learning. Is that God is concerned about those who are incarcerated. Now, how many chapters are in the book of Philippians? Can some of y'all tell me how many chapters are in the book of Philippians? Oh, who are you? Four. Four. <laughs> four in there, right? Yeah. Four chapters. One, two, three, four. There are different headings for them. May, may be worthwhile to remember. In the first one, he opens the letter up, first chapter, with a presentation of how Christ is the believer's life purpose. Now, boy, you get some wonderful texts in there for that. In the second chapter, he says that he shows Christ as the believer's life pattern. Life pattern. You want to pattern your life by somebody? Oh, pattern your life by Jesus and Paul. And then chapter 3, Paul presents Christ as the believer's life prize. What, 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 what are you running for? What is your prize? Oh, my goodness. Well, let the Lord Jesus be the prize that you're running for. Oh, my. And don't give up at the end. Don't give, keep moving. Keep moving. Now, I don't care how old you are. Just, just keep, keep, keep moving. This is the prize. That's how you win the race. I used to call, coach a, a, a ladies softball team. And, uh, the, the biggest problem I had was once they hit the ball was to get them to keep running. <laughs> they'd run the first base and it, they'd get discouraged if some the ball would go on the ground and they, they'd quit running. They'd slow down, slow down, slow down, and then somebody would throw them out. No, you have to keep running, run, 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 run. And, and that's what you have to do with this is the believer's life prize. And finally, he presents Christ as the believer's power, power, as power in the Lord, power to lead you through incarceration, power to give you contentment. Power to keep you growing forward instead of just going forward. Power, power, power. Well, there you have it. Philippian is done. Now listen, don't throw the book away and never study it again. Drop by every once in a while and say hello. You can read Philippians, even if you don't read no faster than I do, in a couple of hours or so. Less than that, really. It doesn't take long, and it grows on you, and it teaches you, and it develops you in the spirit of the Lord. So, I'm going to say goodbye to you for today. I have enjoyed being with you, and I hope and pray that you will indeed grow by this study of Paul, this letter to the Philippian church. Now, God bless you till we meet again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Eu quero ser um testemunho Remove o erro e crie o bem em mim Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu Thank you.